Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Listens. This is uh, now episode four, um, and uh, we're on day, uh, what did I just say? I think it was like day 10 of the lockdown. Um, so uh, things have been pretty interesting as of late. I think we're just starting now to realize uh, kind of like the, the gravity of the situation. Uh, again, we don't talk about that on, on here, but... Uh, you know, just so you guys are kind of aware of what we're at, um, do have like testing facilities popping up and stuff like that. So it gets a little strange. Now I think there's like a mandatory curfew going on. So, um, but that's besides the point. Uh, today I have a very special guest with me today, and I'm actually really glad that he had time to kind of sit down and chat with me. Um, guitarist for uh, Grupo Fantasma and uh, currently the Black Pumas, uh, Mr. Adrian Quesada. Adrian, are you on there? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, just kind of, you know, trying to stay creative, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Making the most of everything. Right. Um, so, Adrian, I uh, like I said, really, really glad you're able to make the uh, time to kind of just sit down and, and and chat with me a little bit. Uh, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big fan actually of uh, of of um, both Grupo Fantasma and, and Black Pumas, but you do so much more i think i was it was apparent because i just like a quick google search will pull up like all the different projects that you're a part of either as a as a musician or as a producer um mm-hmm. do you have like what what is it you're currently working on i mean the the last about you know year has really been pretty much non-stop black pumas because we've been touring so much right um, before that, I was kind of doing more producing for other bands and, and playing in a band called Brown. I'm not in Grupo Fantasma anymore. I left that band, I think, maybe seven years ago or something. Right, but, right. But I still play with those guys in a band called Brownout and was doing that band. And then just a bunch of producing and engineering in my studio. But uh, when Black Puma started to kind of take off and get busy, we started touring a lot. So I had to, I'm on hiatus from Brownout. I just couldn't handle the schedules. And then... Um, that was all I was doing pretty much. I mean, I was on tour nonstop almost for the last, you know, almost uh, at least half a year or something. And we were supposed to be on tour the rest of the year. Uh, but now that um, I'm home a little bit more like everybody is, I'm hoping to um, I'm just starting to get back into into kind of recording and producing and various things like that. Right. And I, I had mentioned uh, uh, Grupo Fantasma because actually, that's actually how I how I initially like heard because it, it's weird you know we're kind of in the little bubble here down in uh in laredo so when you mm-hmm. hear something like oh you know big like a laredo and want a grammy award like it's a that's usually like whoa you know like we people are like you know averting their attention to certain things and and that's when like it kind of like popped up and i was like oh i should probably check that out so that's what that's that was that was my initial like introduction to to like that that kind of music and i guess your your style because you do bring a little bit of like a I, I don't know, like a, a Latin sound to like everything that you kind of bring. Am I am I wrong mm-hmm. in saying that? Or, um, you know, I guess I guess so. I don't really try to, but I think you know it's all so ingrained in uh, who who I was uh, or who I am and and where I grew up and and that culture. But I, I don't really all the time focus on trying to do that. I guess it it comes out that way. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. I I um. So you you were just mentioning uh, um, um, Black Pumas. They did call you the breakout band of the year, and that's like, are you all like centered in Austin, or is it like people from different areas? Um, the live band is mostly from Austin, and we've had a couple of people from other places, uh, from New York City, um, other people that kind of fill in uh, as subs or or whatever. But the mo- the majority of the band is um, in Austin. 
it's, it's awesome. I I, uh, I haven't had a chance to see you guys live, but I was planning on it. But it's like with all this, you know, like craziness going on, it's been uh, uh it's been really difficult for a lot of performers and stuff. And I, uh, I, I especially like my friends who are in, you know, doing like like essentially gigging. Like it's a, um, uh, you've got like stand up comedians and and uh, yeah, stand up comedians, musicians, and like artists that are like kind of hurting for work at this point and. Uh, um, I know through like production, um, you you kind of have like your own like lab basically to kind of work in. Is that has that been like more? Has the extra time been like more helpful for you guys? Yeah, yeah, that's been like one of the silver linings of of everything that um, everybody in the world is going through right now. But it's just that I, you know, it's kind of uh, finally given me some downtime, particularly um, you know work wise, just to have be time be in the studios. So I, I hadn't done that in a long time when I'm on tour. You know, I'll come home for a week at a time, but in that week, I have to like, you know, spend time with my wife and kids and and uh, do run errands, do laundry. By the time you know it, that time flies by. But now I actually <laughs> yeah. have have time to to be working again. So I've been creating, writing, sketching, just you know, little a bunch of little things, and staying up at night and uh, working on things here in the studio. And what, what's that? What's that process like for you? Like I, I, I talked to a few different friends who are like musicians and um, uh, uh, and, and comedians and uh, they, they and all types of like people who are into the performing or creative arts. Will, and they're each of their processes are a little bit different. What do you think yours is? You know, like um, it takes me a while to kind of get in. I mean, it's kind of all over the place. Sometimes I get ideas just walking around, and I'll have to, you know. Luckily now with technology and phones and everything, you can document an idea quickly and, and actually um, make a good voice memo or even just a quick demo of something and just kind of save all those ideas. But if I'm sitting in the studio, sometimes it takes a few hours to kind of crack through. I'll just, the first few ideas that I put down, because I have a studio and everything is all set up, ready to go, I can record pretty quickly. So from idea to, you know, full demo ready to go is to sometimes full song can be within an hour, but Usually it takes me a few hours to kind of break through and uh, dust everything off. You know, like the first few ideas are super crappy until all of a sudden I'm on a roll. So it's some, sometimes it's like that. I'll just start putting things down until something comes out and then you just ride that wave. Uh, sometimes I actually, you know, right now what I've actually been kind of doing is making a lot of like hip hop beats and things like that. Oh, really? Just because I haven't had the... the um, kind of a brain space to write like write full songs and it's just been a good exercise to to kind of get like i said dust myself off and just kind of be able to create quickly and ideas and cool we'll play with cool sounds and things and uh for that i i um because i've had so much downtime to listen to music and things i've actually been going down a bunch of rabbit holes of listening to absorbing like just constantly having in the background music that's inspiring for a few days and then i'll turn it off and then i'll sit in here for a while so yeah i've been actually kind of finding a lot of inspiration just listening to things whenever i'm doing anything in the house in the backyard or whatever and then uh and then just kind of processing that and coming turning it off and then working on something new what what kind of things are you listening to like do you have any mm -hmm. any sort of like selection like what's currently on your playlist that because i've been working on some hip-hop um instrumentals since i've been back the one of the main the two main things I've been listening to is um one is this uh, new hip hop album by this artist Jay Electronica uh, oh yeah with, Jay. it's with Jay Z uh -huh. on it and um and then this producer uh, named the Alchemist I 
I, you know, kind of always on and off for years. I mean, he's been around for a long time. I, I noticed his name popped up on that Jay Electronica album, and I just started to kind of go back. I hadn't heard his stuff in a while, and I went on Spotify, and there's like, man, a whole treasure trove of like all these unreleased instrumental things. I went on YouTube, and I've been actually just kind of when I'm working on hip hop stuff, I listen, I've been listening to a lot of his his um, instrumentals. It's just good background music, and that's been mainly kind of what i've been working on you know that's cool that you here. mentioned those those are both very uh i would say like i, I jay electronica I've, they've been waiting for his like his debut album for like the longest time and uh, i was actually in high school the first time i heard him uh so oh, waiting yeah. waiting for that album i haven't had a chance to like, sit down and like fully like dissect it but uh um, yeah. but that that's been one of my uh like kind of like on my radar for a bit and uh, the Alchemist, yeah, like re- re- pretty, uh, I'd say like legendary producer, like underground, I'd say, because uh, you- you've got like he- he's worked with like Del the Funky from Homo Sapien, uh-huh. like, the guy from uh-huh. uh, from, uh, from Gorillas and that. Uh, um, it's yeah. it's it's always really cool to see uh, um, people kind of taking, I guess, uh, like inspiration from that. Do you, have you ever have you ever actually experimented with like hip hop beats before, or is it like the first yeah, time that you're like saying? Yeah, actually, I have, man. Um... I kind of go back and forth, you know, I'll go through like phases where I do it or don't do it, but there's a couple of groups and, and MCs that I've worked with. So every once in a while, I, it's a good challenge and I just dust that off, you know, and it's all, all of that, everything, one, one process informs the other, you know, if the, the way I work on hip hop music informs how I do a live band and vice versa. So I feel like it's good. To, it just keeps me all keeps my uh, brain, you know, excited and and like it's just challenging and i I like that kind of stuff but yeah man i've I've definitely dabbled in hip-hop before on and off forever that's awesome i i I, uh see you what you were saying right now kind of uh reminded me i um i've never really actually like played around with any of these things that i've been doing (laughs) like like, i have Mm -hmm. a mixer right now i'm using a roadcaster over the pod mic and i and I'm, i'm interfacing that through my computer onto a program to record all of this right so i've been kind of just messing around with this did you kind of just work or like play around with with like instruments and uh uh like kind of self-taught or did you get any sort of like training or did you go to school for it or i had a little bit of formal training actually in laredo when i was in in uh like seventh and eighth grade i took a couple of years of guitar lessons at um at lcc and oh. uh and but i studied classical and flamenco for a few years maybe maybe actually it might have been like more like three or four years and um, so I had a little bit of formal training there, which was, was pretty formal. You know, I learned to read music a, a little bit, um, and you know, kind of more music that was pretty disciplined, but you know, when I was 15 or 16 and all my friends are playing in the garages and just rocking out, like that seemed much more appealing than, than, you know, sitting with a footstool and playing classical music. So I kind of <laughs> quickly phased out of that and just started playing, you know, in garages with friends, but that was about the only thing that I think for I might have taken like a couple months of piano lessons at some point and then dabbled on drums and keys and pretty much self-taught on that. And then production uh, for hip hop stuff. I when I was um, 18 or 19, I think my freshman or sophomore year in college, I bought a, a sampler and I started to uh, I just completely taught myself how to make sample and, and make loops and make hip hop beats. So that was a long time ago. That was, so I've had, you know, I've dabbled in that forever. Um, and well, then re- everything else since I've done since then, like recording and, um, engineering and just, you know, producing has been pretty much self-taught just, you know, learning from friends and peers and mentors, but not, no formal training or anything. 
I think that's usually like the way that it's kind of like worn, if anything. Everything you're describing right now, like the garage rock and like kind of like just being like, you know, like punks with instruments. Like you just kind of, uh, you just kind of like, you know, that's the way it's like born, like the way it comes through. And I think the more when you kind of like discover that uh, is when it, it kind of gives you like a path on like where you want to go, how you want to lead through it. Um, mm-hmm. like, I know a lot of like friends who are artists have like stuck through with with something that when they just kind of started with a mentor you know um did you ever feel like you you have that like status like a a mentor like a, a apprentice kind of thing man not not anything that was really official or or a very long period but funny enough i was actually just thinking about that the other day because i got asked to write something for instagram about who your music mentor was and i don't feel i mean i have people that are still i consider mentors right now that are um, friends that have just come into my life over the last few years that I consider mentors. I mean, one right now is um, Steve Berlin from Los Lobos. He's a, a legendary producer. He's been producing almost as long as I've been alive. And um, he comes into Austin a lot. We worked with him with Grupo Fantasma back in the day. We've just stayed friends. And he's just a veteran of the music industry and just a great dude and a family man as well. So, he, you know, we hang out every time he comes to Austin. I see him every couple months now and when i'm up in he lives in portland he's become sort of a mentor you know friend of mine i haven't done any sort of like official apprenticeship but you know just love to talk to him and learn um uh, you know the he just kind of has these jewels of of information and just a great guy to to kind of model yourself after so he's become one but i mean i've never had too many like any formal situations like that it's funny i I was remembering the other day when i moved to austin um i was a my freshman year in college, I was like 18 or 19, uh, I guess still 18, and there was a guy from Laredo actually uh, named David Whitworth who was uh, a skater back in the day, and I always remembered him, but he lived here. He was a couple years older than me, and I remember him being one of the first people that kind of took me around Austin and and, um, took me to the guitar stores, and and he was really into... um, all kinds of stuff, but he, I remember his guitar sound was very much like a lot of reverb, a lot of delay, kind of trippy, um, dreamy sounds. And I remember that really, him really influencing me. And I hung out with him quite a bit, um, when I first moved to Austin and, and he was somebody that kind of influenced the way I was playing. And, and, uh, you know, there's a few people like that in my life that I can think of for sure that have kind of just influenced me enough to, for me to not forget it, you know? Yeah, right. I I feel that I you I, most most musicians that I do talk to always say that they're not really like married to a certain sound. Uh, I know like a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that, that usually gets um uh, thrown around when describing you and like you know articles and stuff. That's usually like oh uh, um, like psychedelic soul and like uh, and 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 very like uh, Latin infused like you know yeah. psychedelic rock like w- w- what would you say to those things do you ever feel like there's like a sound that you're getting kind of pinned to or you know where does that drive your your your, your I guess like your direction yeah I try to you know not so much for for what other people think but more to just challenge myself I like to step out of my comfort zone and do things that that I would never normally do um and as far as what you know, people calling things psychedelic, I it's it's a funny thing because I don't actually think. Um, I mean, I I guess I do like I definitely like psychedelic music, but I guess sometimes what I'm doing, I don't really think it's psychedelic, and other people do. So maybe at some point in there, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, like permanently. I've been permanently uh, psyched out from 
past experiences. So <laughs> I don't really like ever really set out too many times to try to make something psychedelic. I guess it just kind of to me it sounds normal, you know. I don't know, but uh, you know, I've learned you can't control the narrative of what other people say. But I mean, sure, I'll wear that. I like I like psychedelic music. Yeah, right. I, I, I think it's also just like the labels. I think the industry just kind of makes it, it it makes it easier or more digestible for like the uh, the crowd uh, or the audience that's yeah. listening for them to kind of like pin it into one genre and another. Um, but I, I, I see like I've, I listened to the Black Pumas record. Um, I have listened to a lot of your previous work as there? well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, oh, yeah. before, cut out for a when we were when we were uh, kind of doing our little intro, uh, I told you that this would yeah. be like listening in on a phone call, and sometimes those drop. So, I mean, that's okay. it is what it is. It's but, all good, man. but um, yeah, no. Um, I, I've listened to a lot of like your body of work, um, and it's 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 obvious to me that you've got like a love and a passion for it. Does it ever actually feel like work? Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, but not too often, to be totally honest, man. It's it's pretty amazing, and and I, uh, I feel like, you know, especially now that, um, you know, because I know we weren't going to talk about what's happening here now, but no, you can you, now you that can, like it's fine. It's, you it's know, relevant because it's it, I think what's going on right now with everybody being on lockdown and nobody able to play concerts and you know people afraid of gatherings and rightfully so I, I feel like it's one of those things you take for granted like when I'm on tour. Um, I, you know, I have a family at home and it's hard, it's hard to be away. It's the coolest job in the world and the coolest thing in the world. But sometimes I'll feel like, um, like I might be getting tired of that and I want to, sorry, uh, I want to come home and all that. But, you know, in moments like this where, where now I can't do it for a while. And then it's one of those things that you kind of take for granted. And now I'm like, man, I can't, I can't even, it's what a privilege, like what an incredible opportunity to make a living off music and have people that want to hear it. You know, it's it's hard to um, I don't, never ever want to take that for granted because I just feel like a lot of people don't have that opportunity. So I'm just forever grateful for for that opportunity to to be able to do that. So there's days, you know, mo every once in a while there's days where I'm like that felt like work, but it's still better, better cooler job than you know working something where somewhere I don't want to work. So I have to always remind myself of that. Like this is is really not a it's a lot of work and it's travel and it's grind. You know, it's grinding to be out and travel that much and it's not easy by any means but it's also like man when it's fun you know it's the funnest job for me you know as a somebody who wants to do this yeah i still imagine there's like at least a little bit of like burnout involved uh simply because like it's it's, it's demanding i mean I, I i don't really do my i don't really like you know i i don't travel obviously on the scale that i imagine you guys do but when i they i had like a string of shows i'm a stand up comedian when i had a oh, okay, nice. a, a string of shows uh, going on through uh um throughout last year and it and it lasted a few weeks um and it was just like maybe every I was basically traveling an average of like every three or four days. Um, uh -huh. and, uh, and they were like shows, you know, I, I hit Austin a few times. This is San Antonio Corpus, those kind of places. And, uh, and it would, it would, it would really get like really tiring. And I was thinking like, man, I don't know if I was like, if I'd be like cut out for the long run, uh, if this were to become like anything that I do, you know, as a living, um, but, uh, I definitely miss it. I'll say that like, there's a, a traveling with my friends and, uh, putting on little shows every week because we, we do like these little like open mics here every week where we have a place to actually, you know, like 
like it, kind of perfect the craft and like work it out like d- different jokes I haven't done that in two weeks and it's starting to give me a little bit of cabin fever <laughs> like, yeah man i hear you man where where do you guys do that in laredo uh cultura beer garden uh it's oh, uh, of course yeah, yeah 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 the uh down downtown we have the it, the the new the new place what was the last time that was actually gonna this leads me to the next day what was the last time uh you were in laredo uh i was there around christmas oh yeah you have you still have family down here yeah, yeah, and I always go down. So I went down right between Christmas and New Year's. That was probably the last time. And then before that, I think I was there for Thanksgiving. You know, usually like for holidays, go oh, down. And what kind of what kind of memories do you have of Laredo? Like, do you so you're not here all that often? It's kind of weird, you know, to like come back and see things change. Do you ever uh, kind of like reminisce about what your you know position was here in Laredo? Yeah, you know, it's funny when I was down there, um, I. Uh, because you know, I already kind of knew that I wanted to do music, and and um, there wasn't a ton of opportunities to do that down there. And I knew I had my side set on leaving in Austin, and particularly coming to Austin, like those few, first couple of years right before I moved. Um, I remember, to be totally honest, like just kind of wanting to get out of there. You know, as one of like it's kind of a teenage thing to rebel against your hometown and think like, <laughs> yeah. man, there's nothing for me here, and I just want to leave. Uh, but now that I go back. And then as soon as I moved up here, you know, of course, like Laredo and stick together. So I came to UT in Austin and like a bunch of Laredo people still hang out together, you know, eventually made uh, more friends. But then eventually started a band back with people from Laredo. We just kind of stick together, man. And and, and we both all everybody has a nostalgic thing for Laredo. And now that. I'm- Sorry, you, 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 you dropped a bit. Are you there? Older and wiser. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you just repeat that last? You said now oh, okay. that I'm older and wiser. Yeah, yeah. Now that I'm older and a little wiser and and have a more perspective, man. I just, I really there's a, a, a big part of me that's very nostalgic for it, and I I just love it, man. I love visiting. I love going down there. I don't know as of right now with where I am in my life if I could live down there because because of you know the opportunities I have in Austin and and. Um, all that, but uh, man, I love it. I love going down to Laredo. Everything that I didn't like for those few years, you know, when I was a teenager, I, I, is what I love now, and uh, it's it's so refreshing to go down there, man. I just I just really do like it. That's awesome, yeah. Because that's usually the 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 thing. I, I think a lot of my my peers, like growing up, also, excuse me, uh, they were they were always kind of like of the same, uh, I guess, opinion. Like, oh yeah, you got to get out of Laredo. There's nothing to do here, this and that. I, I think I kind of took it uh, upon myself, like me and a, uh, another like group of creatives to start kind of like changing the way, you know, like people kind of perceive Laredo. And there's been places like Cultura that have kind of like popped up and, and started like changing up the downtown scene. Um, we uh, with oh, actually with George, we were talking before this. Um, uh, George Lopez is a, a local uh, artist that we've uh We've kind of been, we've been good friends for a while now, and uh, we we start with him and another couple of uh, 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 local artists. We started a, a collective uh, to kind of push for the um, the like I guess like the to kind of like I don't want to say revive. What's the what's the word? I guess start it actually to just to just start a uh, a public art scene here in Laredo. Um, so nice. for the first time last year, for the first time in like. The history of Laredo. They they uh, we now have a budget for public arts. So um, the idea is that sometime this year. I mean, now it's kind of slowed down because of all this stuff. But 
The idea is that this year we'll, we're going to get a budget for uh, for public arts now included in the city's budget. So that's been Come like in. a huge a huge thing that kind of changed. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, man. That's I, I love that. You know, sometimes I feel guilty um, that my friends and I um, who moved up here, you know, or moved out of the city, uh, you know, we we never actually stayed around to to make change. So I'm, I'm I love hearing things like that, and that's kind of what I love about going down there. There's so many more people that are taking the pride um in the city and actually doing something there you know we all what what, what we wanted to change rather than change a lot of us left and um you know so man every time i hear that there's anything cool i, I try to keep up with everything you know through friends and family that are still in the radio and just you know now obviously it's so much easier with instagram and facebook and all that to see what's going on but i definitely keep up with everything there because sometimes i think man if if i was there like how cool is it now you know there was there was not much yeah. when i was there you know in terms of people actually making cool things happen and uh man i, I just love it i love that that's that that's people are taking pride in the city again because it's going to take that and uh to revitalize you know um art and culture down there for sure yeah, I think it's been a uh, it's been a, it's been an uphill journey, but I think the, uh, the 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 attitude has kind of been changing, especially as more of like the uh, the younger kids start getting involved into the uh, into the scenes as they start you know getting older and you know going out and exploring and that that that's kind of been uh, that's kind of been like really interesting to me. And I have like been taking like a lot of like notes of like different places that I go to. Like Austin is definitely one of those. Uh, um, El Paso. There's a, a, um, a Deep Ellum in uh, in Dallas. Like uh, all, yeah, all, all yeah. those all those places you go to, you kind of see this different attitude towards uh, art and creativity. That it's kind of like it's it's a what's the word? It's celebrated. It's celebrated there, and 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 here it's kind of like a eh, well we have other things to worry about. Like why go to art? You know. Um, so I always think that that's really important. Uh, it's kind of like a like a mission for Laredoans. Um, do you uh, was I was I was just about to ask you something. Oh, that's right. Um, how long ago was it that you were that you were like uh, like since you moved out? I moved out in ninety five. Ninety five. Um, my senior Jeez. year. Yeah, yeah. My senior year of high school, I graduated and and just came straight to Austin. So I've actually now I've been in Austin longer than I was in Laredo, but. Uh, but yeah, I moved out like right after, like three days after I graduated high school, man, I bounced, I was, I was packed and ready to go. I was ready to come up here, but, uh, yeah, so it was, it's been, I don't know, what is that? 25 years now. Yeah. Did you ever, um, did you ever like envision all of this for yourself? Like the, uh, the, the, you know, having like a, a, a band that's being called, um, the breakout band of the year and, uh, and uh, a Grammy and like all these different, like, you know, credits that, that are, that are kind of like, you know, career changing. Um, you know, because like I, we were talking earlier about how, you know, if you love your job, it just sometimes doesn't feel like work. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you always want everything to be successful and, and, but honestly, I mean, I've had, a have put out a I've worked on a million things that people haven't even heard that, um, you know, if you don't love what love, like passionately, passionately love what you're doing, uh, you know, because I, I love what I'm doing so much it, it I just would kick, I would continue to do it anyways. And like every once in a while, something sticks and something's does something doesn't, you know, but I mean, I'd be, I'd be doing it no matter what. I mean, I don't know if I'd have enough time if I wasn't able to pay the bills like I am, but, uh, man, I just, I would keep doing, I don't know. You know, it's like, you kind of want everything to, to kill and su succeed, but I'd be doing it no matter what. That's really cool. The, uh, uh, 
with with Black Pumas right now. So you see, the majority of your work goes 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 towards that. What's like a typical day for like Black Pumas when you guys get together and record, or do you like sit down and just hash ideas out? Like, what 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 is it like? Um, well, we were recording. It was it was kind of a long process because uh, we and Eric and I were the, the singer and I were the ones that that um, put it all together and we. Um, a lot of the, we had never played live or anything. We weren't supposed to be a live band. We were just we all. I collaborate with a lot of people. We were just um, recording a bunch of songs, and you know, I would typically work on something in the morning, and then he would come up, come by the studio, and and his process is very much uh, at the time was when he was working on songs that I had started was like he would kind of freestyle on it, almost like a hip hop song. Like just we, I would just play the song for about thirty minutes, and he would just riff off of it and come up with all these ideas. I'd record everything. And then we'd sit down and just kind of point out little moments like that's cool, that's cool. And then he would start writing to that. And then other than that, he he had some songs that he brought in that we learned as a band and and started playing. But now, I mean, since you know our album came out last June, we've been on tour pretty much nonstop uh, since then. And a typical day on tour uh, can be anything from like sometimes. Uh, you have a radio performance at nine in the morning and then you have another interview at 1 p.m. and then you have a sound check at load in at 2, 3 p.m. You have a sound check three to five and then 5 p.m. You have a break until about seven or eight when the doors open and the first band goes on at eight. So you go on at nine. You might have three hours in there maybe to eat dinner, you know? So like we <laughs> travel the world and people are always like, Oh man, that must be awesome. Like you must see all these cool places. And it's like, there's all these memes about it, but it's like, yeah, I see, you know, sometimes I see like maybe a coffee shop that's two blocks from the venue, <laughs> maybe a restaurant, maybe the hotel, maybe a gas station. And then there's times where we have to actually we get to actually enjoy things. You know, uh, we've been going to Europe quite a bit and like sometimes the schedule will ease up and, you know, we don't have days like that all the time. But we do have days like that where it's it's just a, it's a big grind. And then it's like late night and then repeat, you know, do it all over again the next day. But mo uh, the last tour we did, uh, you know, which was just in February in Europe was mostly like, you know, kind of sleep in a little bit and you know, start loading into the venue around one, sound check, two, we'll be out of there by, you know, five, you have a break for two or three hours, play the show, repeat, you know, drive overnight and do it again. It's like, so it's, it becomes a little monotonous, but the only thing difference is sometimes you do wake up in pretty cool cities and have, you know, we'd have the mornings to actually explore. And, you know, if you wanted to, some sometimes you just want to sleep. Sometimes, you know, we started off the tour, um, super excited to be in Europe and like, you know, walking around and checking things out and checking out the town and by the end of it man we just open the window and be like oh there's there's Prague <laughs> you know there's <laughs> there is Switzerland there that's it right there so uh it can be a grind for sure you know but you're still it's a man if you if if you love to travel and you love what you do and you love music it's it's pretty awesome do you guys have any like crazy super fan stories or any interesting like tour stories man this last tour was the first time uh that we started having kind of super fans. Uh, you know, the album came out last June, and since then, you know, things have been picking up and and going pretty well. But in Europe, this last February, I mean, people were were like waiting at the venues now, like in the afternoon when we would drive up and like for autographs. And it, they, it's we started to see the super fan kind of situation for sure, man. Um, sometimes the the super fans are a little intense. 
and sometimes they're amazing. But you know, we've made some good friends from meeting people after shows and things like that. But sometimes, sometimes people are intense. What what's it like? Uh, what what's what's been your favorite? Uh, um, I guess this is kind of a cliche question, but I've got to ask it because I understand that whole. I was I was I was work I was traveling for work for a good while. Uh, I was a market trainer for a, for an electronics company, so I would uh, I, I would get flown out to like you know uh, I was in uh, Boston, I was in Baltimore, Chicago. Um, a bunch of different, like, interesting places here in the U.S. and beautiful places, too, because I, I guess, never really told myself. I always thought, like, to find the beauty, you had to kind of leave the U.S. While I'm sure mm -hmm. that's true, there's still plenty of beauty, like, here. Uh, so, like, places like Ohio, when I was out, like, traveling, I didn't get to, like, experience any of it. So, I, I yeah. but that was my favorite place to drive through because <laughs> I, oh, I, wow. I didn't get to actually, like, you know, like, go and check out any of that stuff. And Chicago is such a huge kind of iconic city. Um, I didn't I didn't get to go out and experience a, a whole lot other than, you know, the usual, like, oh, I got a deep dish pizza and I, uh, you know, I went on the Sears Tower. Like, that's that's about yeah. it. Um, so do you have like a favorite place that you've been to or like a place you didn't think you'd be at? Um, yeah, I mean, this last tour, yeah, man, I was in Prague, the Czech, Czech Republic, Switzerland and in, in, uh, Zurich and. Uh, there was a few places like that where I'd have to be like, man, I had to pinch myself. I can't, I can't I just can't even believe it at this point. You know, we've been to France, Paris in the last year, like, I don't know, five or six times. And you kind of, you know, not take that for granted. But yeah, there were some times on this last trip. I try to, you know, it's funny, you were talking about just random places like, like Ohio, Chicago or whatever, but uh, try to at least certain little things like in the U.S. would travel like in Buffalo, I've had to go to the original place to have buffalo wings. Like, you go to Philly, I have to have a cheesesteak. Like, just make the full American yeah. culinary, like, <laughs> road food, trash food experience. I, I try to do that, you know. Like, if they say, oh, man, you got to try this in, like, New Orleans, I'll, I'll hit it. Like, I try to eat at least something, you know, some local delicacy, like, you know, preferably a famous place that that's uh, bad for you kind of thing. Like, try to hit all those places, you know. Yeah, I, I did the same thing in Philly, actually. I was in Philly for a while, so they told me, like, oh, yeah, you got to do the cheesesteak challenge. And I was like, I didn't know there was a challenge. What does that mean? And they're like, yeah, you go and you get one from Gino's, and then you mm -hmm. go and you get one right across the street. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you eat it within the same time. And I'm like, that's that sounds kind of life-threatening. I don't know if I want to do that. but I know, man, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, man. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, I, uh, I had, a, had a question written down here. That's right. Um, so you talked earlier about, about, um, you know, kind of like freestyling before, you know, kind of penning down like something that's something cool and like expanding on that. Do you guys ever feel like you, and, and I've asked this to a few of my musician and artist friends, but do you guys ever like subscribe to the idea of like a muse? Is there something that you feel just kind of like possesses you and like that's that music comes from somewhere else or is it all just like grinding it out you personally you know coming from you oh man it's a lot of grinding it out but i will say that every once in a while yeah there is that magic moment where like like i said man there's times where i've it just happens and it's just so quick and you just don't even have time to think about it and i try to keep like i said be luckily because i have a studio here i try to keep um everything all set up and ready to go so that like the technical part of it never slows me down you know like my favorite studios i've ever been in has have been like that you know if you have an idea the idea and the the uh 
what you're channeling and and all that is is more important than any sort of technical aspect of it you know if you're a visual artist and you know you have something you want to draw or you know rather than like oh man i don't have my fancy charcoal pencils like if there's a freaking pen and a or whatever writing just do it you know I, i feel like that's the most important part of it so I try to keep my workspace here where it's just like everything's ready to go. And like if I have the idea, I'm ready to put it down in five minutes and never have that anything, anything bog me down. So, um, yeah, I have, you have to be prepared for that for sure. I think, um, I think like you mentioned earlier, like technology makes it a lot easier because you're able to kind mm-hmm. of pen something down as soon as it like hits you. Uh, I was mm-hmm. asking that question because I watched a, uh, a TED talk that was about like nurturing your creative self and there was a, uh, a little story in there that they talked about how Tom Waits, you know, Tom Waits, legendary, mm-hmm. right? He was a, uh, he would be, he would be driving and he would kind of get this song idea that would go into his head while he was driving and it would, it would make him anxious and like really, uh, really upset that he wasn't able to do anything about that at the time because he was driving uh, yeah. until the next time that he was uh, driving and something like that happened to him where the song came to him and he said, uh, he literally yelled out to him and said, fuck off, won't you? I, I come back when I have a pen and paper. Um, yeah, is, yeah. Is that, does that ever feel like it kind of like happens to you or just kind of like an inopportune moment when you get this like inspiration or are you just ready to go at all times? No, man, there's definitely times where I've, I've thought like, man, I need to figure out a way to save that and I, and I won't, you know, but I feel like the that's part of the, um, I don't know, that's part of what makes art special is that like, you know, not you're not always going to capture all the good ones and I've, I think the best things I've ever worked on forever I've had a computer crash or a sampler turn off or like just lost it somehow. And that's just, I think they're just offerings, offerings for the gods, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. the, uh, the, the general, like, I guess, um, attitude towards it is if you don't capture it, then it goes on to the next person. Yeah, totally. That's a, that's a good way to put it, man. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, we're kind of close to like wrapping here. Uh, do you have any, like, and I did tell you this is going to be, like, really informal, but is there ever a time where you have a question that you want somebody to ask you and they'll never ask it to you? Man, I have to think about that. Um, well, one, I have a question for you. Why is it called the Aliens on the Border? I didn't do enough research to, to see why, it would, why it was called that. Um, so Aliens on the Border uh, is... Uh, I'm I'm the co-host for it. Josh is uh my, my is the host for it. He uh he calls it Aliens on the Border uh because it's uh we had a one of the first documented uh UFO crashes down here near the border. Um and I'm not not too many people know about that, but it was like the whole uh um uh, the the to, the tomato head. Do you ever you ever hear about that? No, I didn't know. Okay, so there was what was supposedly uh the US went to recover a uh what they call the weather balloon uh, in Mexico, and but there was uh, actual like documentation of a, a, a crashed UFO with what they had. What they said uh, uh, a, a a man in like a spacesuit or an alien in a spacesuit had what resembled like the head of a tomato on his on his uh, on his spacesuit. So uh, it was that that became kind of like the the thing that, and then you also call it like aliens, like where. We're aliens. Everybody here's an alien, and you're on the border, so it just kind of oh, makes it's kind of yeah, like a yeah. double. Oh, I got you. Yeah, that's what I figured. Like okay, meaning. but yeah, it's cool, man. I like I like that story. 
Yeah, that was uh, um, it, it's it's been interesting because that that thing has kind of taken off. We're trying to do something different with that and like digital media here in Laredo. I think we're right mm-hmm. now we're kind of like the 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 only podcast around that's like doing it like the way we've been because we do like live episodes. We have live shows where we'll invite people to come play music and uh, they'll uh, um, they'll stick around afterwards for like a little live podcast that we'll do. Um, and it's really interesting. I've had a lot of fun with it. It's I, I've only, uh, I think it's only been around for about, um, I have about two years now. Uh, mm-hmm. But before I, I only, I only joined, uh, I only joined in about like a year and a half ago. So I joined in once Josh had already been doing it for about uh, six months. But uh, oh, cool! It's 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 recently kind of taken off. Like I don't know, we kind of had like a pretty big rise in like listenings. It's not, uh, it's not Black Puma's numbers, I imagine, but it's a, uh, <laughs> it's up there. Yeah, nice, man. That's awesome to hear, man. Well, yeah, actually, let me think of a question. Um, I don't know. I have a question for me. Um, oh, man, I can't think of a question for me. I don't know. Do you ever have, like, just really bad interview moments? Does it ever feel like there's somebody who's just like, oh, man, like, this is like, I want to kind of get out of this? Well, there, there's, you know, because with, like, Pumas, we're doing a lot of press right now, and there's um, a lot of really good questions that make you think and and then there's times where people are just rereading like our press release bio back to us you know and asking questions from there where i'm like man you could you could have like you're you're making you know like we've said this a thousand times and like you know we're gonna get a better answer if you ask a a better question so yeah there's times with, with it's more with pumas just because we have to do a lot of press and sometimes I'm like, man, they're just completely reading our press release back to us. Like, yeah, that <laughs> like it's like it's like, it's like reading off of that. like a PowerPoint presentation. And Pretty like, much, man. Or I'm like, you could have just written that. You don't have to. But uh, <laughs> but no, I don't. You know, most of the time, if if people are, I like to talk. I like to geek out on things and and have conversations. So this, you know, this has been fun, man. It hasn't hasn't felt like a a chore by any means. Awesome. I'm really glad. I'm really happy to hear you say that, man. Um, the uh, I had just you had just said something that that I was about to ask a question about uh, the um so oh yeah you're how often do you get uh like you know people bringing up Laredo like has anybody ever really said like oh you're from Laredo and this, this stuff's going on you know down there yeah you know uh it, it more than you think but uh, I think back when like the Grupo Fantasma days that was like a big topic of conversation and still with Brownout but. With Pumas, it's starting to get more lost in the mix just because of uh, Eric is a big part of it, and he he has an interesting background as well. So it's but but man, you'd be surprised. Like all over the world, I, I have gotten people asking me about Laredo. It's it's got you know it's been uh, immortalized, I think, in song and and uh, poetry, and so I think you know more people talk about Laredo than than you'd imagine. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause I, I, for me, I, like I get out to like I'll, I'll still be here in Texas, and I'll be like in Abilene, and I'll be like uh, somebody will be like, oh, you know, like where are you, where are you from, or whatever, and I'll say I'll say Laredo, and they're like, oh, you mean Mexico? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, and, yeah. So it's a, uh, it's it, it's always it's always cool to for for me to hear like people that are out there doing things like a little bit differently than like the you know most of my peers. It's uh it's interesting to see their their like stance. Or I guess viewpoint on it, like I like you mentioned, you've been now living in Austin longer than you lived in Laredo. Does it ever uh-huh. feel like you're kind of detached from it, or does it is it Laredo always going to be home? Man, Laredo's kind of. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, like Austin is home, you know. But in a in a weird way, like I don't know what this means metaphorically, but like 
there it's like Austin I've been here 25 years and I still there's still certain like driving around there's still things where my wife is from Austin and she she knows like all the back roads and you know there's times where I still have to pull out my phone and like look at the Google Maps directions and stuff and you know I know where everywhere I'm going but like for certain place, parts of the town I don't know it like the back of my hand and I feel like in Laredo um like I don't, I don't ever have to look at Google Maps, you know. Like that's, I don't know what that means metaphorically, but like if you just I, sometimes I'll just ask my dad, just like where is that, and he's like, oh, it's over there by McPherson, and then you t- you know whatever, he'll just quit, like roughly tell me where it is, and I I can find it, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's and more. I don't like feel a, like in Austin is like that. That's more of maybe like a uh, like a we're just a smaller town, if anything, because I feel like yeah. now you just mentioned, oh, it's over there by McPherson. That's like the whole city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, yeah. I actually yeah, live, totally. I actually live near where McPherson starts. So like, it's, it's funny that you say that because I'm literally on McPherson street right now and it, and it extends all the way through like the city. You so. are on the South side or on the South north side, side, South side oh, by, okay, yeah. uh, by, uh, by Chacon slaughter park. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. area. That's a, that's that's where I'm. I, I currently reside in that area. But um. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, uh, where what what's oh, that? You know what? That's a that's a good way to I guess like end it. Like, were you South Side or North Sider? Oh, North Side, man. North I was North Side. It was oh, a man. Delmar. Uh, by the one by Trotman, I guess that's Delmar B, and then Delmar C. Uh, so Delmar was the Trotman. Was that Delmar A or B? There's like A, B, and C. Uh, by Trotman Elementary, like right there. Oh wow, yeah. I actually had an apartment that was like right near there uh, before okay, I yeah. kind of live in that area. But um, so most of my life there, and then and then if, and then to and then I lived on a uh, man what like is it Saunders or not Saunders? Uh, not McPherson, but do you man? What was where was Swenson's <laughs> ice cream? It was a uh, uh, like maybe Hillside. Right around like Hillside, somewhere like that for a few years, and then eventually Del Mar C for a few years, and then and then left. Wow, that's cool, man. Well, I mean, yeah. So you still, uh, you still kind of identify with Laredo, then. I mean, is that something that's always going to be a part of you? Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely, man. That's a you know, can't can't take me, can't take Laredo out of me, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, hey, um, thank you very much for making time to like sit down and chat. Uh, um, I've all I've been a, again like a huge fan of your work. So the fact that you're that the fact that you're here and actually like chatting with me, it's pretty cool, I, and I really appreciate it. Um, uh, do you have anything that you want to kind of like plug or or any like you know anything coming up that you can expect? Uh, man, um, I'll, I expect that I'll be. Uh writing recording and releasing new a lot of new music this year because i'm gonna be have a lot of time so uh you know i think that i'm finally there's been a million ideas i've had to do things and haven't just haven't had time so that's there's gonna be i think like everybody else is using this time to create so there's gonna be a lot of uh, an influx of new ideas and music out there but yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, and where can we find that new music at? Do you have uh, like some socials uh, that you want to drop? Or yeah, I mean, I have my studio. I mean, I'm on Instagram, so, uh, Facebook, all that stuff under my own name. And then, uh, but then also, um, I have a uh, a studio website and Instagram that I'm finally getting together now that I have a little bit more time. My studio is called Electric Deluxe Recorders, and I just set up an Instagram actually a couple weeks ago. And my friends getting the website together which should be up any day now and yeah that's a good place to kind of keep up with a general overview of what i do production wise all right awesome well 
I'll make sure to include that in the show notes for anybody who's listening. Um, thank you for listening. If you've stuck around this whole time and listening to me and, uh, and Adrian Casada tr- uh, chat, I've uh, I had a lot of fun doing this. Adrian, thank you so much for being a part of it again. Um, and, hey, thank uh, you. Th- th- again, yeah, th- this was fun, and hopefully we'll be able to do this at some point once all of this is over and you're still you know out there uh, you know it, t- touring more. We'll we'll uh, we'll have maybe another uh, chat to like touch base. We'll love that, man, for sure. Awesome. Well, everybody who's been listening, thank you so much for 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 uh, listening and continue to support Aliens on the Border and the Lockdown Listens. Again, it's a limited run podcast. I uh, really appreciate you guys uh, giving me all the feedback that you've given me. A lot of people saying they want them to be longer. I do want to keep them short listens. So it's a little concise and focused. Otherwise, the chat starts to kind of drag on a little bit. Um, but uh, again, you can follow Adrian Casada on his uh, on his on on his uh, his studios um uh website and and uh and instagram i'll go ahead and be dropping those in the uh in the show notes so take a look at that and uh don't forget to be safe out there wash your hands take care everybody thanks adrian thank you man